You're listening to Rootbound, a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. Today's Rootbound podcast is brought to you by spring. Every plant's favorite season, spring brings just the right mix of dampness and warmth for your germination needs. I'm Steve, and thanks for joining me on another episode of Rootbound. And before we really get started today, I just wanted to quickly list all the different ways that you can get in touch with the show. So, there is an Instagram account, at Rootbound Podcast. There is an email address, rootboundpodcast at gmail.com. And there's also a website, rootboundpodcast.com. So, if you want to send me a message, tell me about a cool plant, tell me I got something wrong, whatever you want to say, send me a message in one of these methods. I'd love to hear from you. And before we get into our guest segment, I wanted to talk a little bit about salad. Yes, that's right, salad. Because as you'll hear later, this is kind of a salad episode, even though there is a little bit of a twist. So that got me thinking about, what really is a salad? And at first, that seems pretty obvious. A bunch of greens on a plate, some dressing, maybe some croutons. But then, what about macaroni salad? Or potato salad? or the mythical Midwestern ambrosia salad. So clearly the definition of salad is broader. So I went to the internet, like you do, and pulled up Merriam-Webster's definition of a salad, and that is any various cold dishes such as A, raw greens, such as lettuce, often combined with other vegetables and toppings and served especially with dressing, or B, small pieces of food such as pasta, meat, fruit, or vegetables, usually mixed with a dressing such as mayonnaise or set in gelatin. So Merriam-Webster really just covered all the bases of what a salad is. That led me to start thinking about, well, what about that word salad? I said salad a lot. It's starting to lose its meaning. (laughs) Where did that word actually come from? And I looked up the etymology for salad, and the English word salad comes from the French salade, which comes from Latin herba salata, which means salted herbs. So actually the word salad comes from the root salted. And maybe those original salads were, were, you know, maybe a salted herb was the original salad with dressing. It's a little bit of speculation there, but it makes sense. Um, One little last dazzling detail about salads um, that I discovered was this line from the salad Wikipedia in the history section stood out to me was in his 1699 book, Ossetaria, a discourse on salads. John Evelyn attempted with little success to encourage his fellow Britons to eat fresh salad greens. So I learned there's a book about salads from 1699. Apparently it is the first book ever about salads. And so I thought it'd be appropriate to read the definition of salad from the very first book on salad by John Evelyn. So here it is. Salads in general consist of certain esculent plants and herbs improved by culture, industry, and art of the gardener, or, as others say, they are a composition of edual plants and roots of several kinds to be eaten raw or green, blanched or candied, simple and per se, or intermingled with others according to the season. So there you have it, the definition of salads from the very first book on salads. And this book actually clarified something for me, which will be useful for you, the listener, to know later, is that 
This book is actually called A Discourse on Salets. It's spelled S-A-L-L-E-T. And that proves to me that salet is just an old word for salad. And trust me, that will be useful later. And I think I've been talking too much about salad, so let's just move on to the guest segment. Well, I was just getting warmed up, but I guess if you just want to rush this salad conversation <laughs> along, fine. So my guest today is Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi. Uh, do you have a plant to uh, tell me about? It would be weird if I didn't. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, do you? <laughs> or is do. it weird? Oh, good. Oh, I have a plant. Of course I have a plant. Oh, great. Uh, it's my very favorite plant. It's arugula. I could have guessed that one. I was wondering if you're going to surprise me, but uh, yeah. I thought about it, but I was like, no, I got to go with, I got to go with my favorite. Awesome. Well, tell me about arugula. I don't really know that much about it, except for it is one of my favorite greens. It is my favorite green for sure. And I didn't really know much about it either, other than it's delicious because it has like a nice peppery flavor. It's definitely the best of all the salad greens, if you ask me. Interestingly... Yes. My plant is kind of a salad as well, but oh continue. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> a salad-themed episode. Indeed. Um, so arugula, I didn't grow up eating arugula. I wasn't like a fancy lettuce person when I was a child. So it's not like I have memories from it from childhood. Yeah. Uh, were any, are any children fancy, fancy salad? Ch- I don't children? know. Yeah. It's possible. Remember, this is, okay, I'm already going to go off topic. It's not off topic. But remember Obama's first scandal was Arugula Gate? Kind of. What was it? What what, Because he had arugula on a salad or something? Because it's fancy. Yeah. It was when he was was running for president the first time, and he was in Iowa. And he was trying to make the point, like, connect with the farmers. Like, the, the cost of the cost of arugula is so high when you go to Whole Foods. And everyone was like, elitist, not going to Whole Foods and eating arugula. We're eating our iceberg lettuce. Very, man. Yeah. So that was arugula gate was Obama's first scandal. That's super fascinating. Okay. I'll let you continue on with more arugula stuff. But yeah, back to to arugula. I know. This is what I, these are all the things I learned as I was researching my arugula. So arugula is amazing because it's spicy and it's spicy from a chemical compound that is very similar to mustard greens and to um, horseradish, Hmm. which is where it gets its spicy flavor from. It's a very complicated chemical compound that I'm not going to try to explain because I don't understand it, but that's where it gets its spiciness from. Um, And it's related to broccoli and kale and mustard greens more so than other lettuces. Okay. I eat a lot of arugula, so much so that people in my life have started researching if there's something about arugula that maybe I'm lacking in my diet because I eat it so much. (laughs) Like I eat it literally like those bags of arugula that you can get at Whole Foods because I'm a fancy elite. Um, I eat one a day, uh, probably. Wow. No joke. I have have gone to Whole Foods with you to acquire arugula only before. (laughs) That's true. A few years ago, there was an arugula shortage. It was like... It was horrible. I don't want to like jokingly use the term addiction, but I really, I, I think about arugula when I'm not eating it. And I'm, wow. that is, I'm dead serious. 
So I don't know if there's something in it. I tried to see is there like a lot, something in arugula that I could need. It's like a lot of vitamin A, vitamin K. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it's in great enough proportions that it's like making up for something I'm lacking in my diet. I think I like the flavor. It's just, it's just good. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, I mean, that's valid. Yeah. It is valid. I just love it. So arugula is native to the Mediterranean and it grows kind of in the warmer regions. So it grows really well in Italy. There's a lot of arugula in Italy. And I think that's where I first encountered arugula was the first time I went to Italy, maybe like 15 years ago, the first time I was there. And they really use it in everything, just in salads, as a pizza topping. It's all, it's in, well, a lot of places just I use what they it can as, grow. As a pizza topping. It's, actually it's such a I'm, good pizza yeah, topping. It really is. Yeah. Put it on at the end if you're making it. Don't cook it. Put it on at the end. Great tip indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so arugula in Italy, there's two names for arugula. Rucola, which is kind of where the American English word arugula comes from. Is so it just, is arugula, I've always wondered this, I wonder if you're confirming this, because yeah, the Italian word is rucola, and I've always wondered if arugula is just Americans, like, doing an Italian accent. Kind like of. Arugula. Yes, it does kind of, like, the Latin word is aruca, and so that's oh, probably okay. where the Italian word came from, and yeah, I think the American English word is just kind of like the Italian word arugula. Yeah. However, there is another word for arugula in Italian, and it's rocchetta. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is where the British English word for arugula, rocket, is derived from. In French, it's also called rocchette. It is, and it's so much better. Like, the Americans were wrong with their name choosing. Yeah, totally. Because when I first was in, like, the UK, and they're like, do you want rocket on your salad? I'm like, rocket? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Yeah, the first time I was in Italy, I was reading the menu and that same thing. I was like, that was, it was a, in a menu in English. And I'm like, rocket? Like something got very lost in translation because they're talking about arugula. No, rocket. That's a cooler yeah. name. It is. It is. Arugula. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a mouthful, arugula. I know. It, it does sound cool, arugula. Arugula. Yeah. Say it a lot. It's going to lose meaning. But rocket yep. is definitely cooler. It's better for branding. You would rather mm-hmm. eat rocket. Like, that rocket sounds awesome. Greens. Yeah, exactly. My Could God. be a fake ad on, on Rootbound. Sponsored <laughs> by be. Rocket Greens. <laughs> rocket is so much better. But, so, arugula has been very popular in all over the Mediterranean, but especially in Italy for basically forever. And so in the Middle Ages, and even today, this is a new thing I learned about arugula. Arugula was believed to be an aphrodisiac. And I don't know if that's just because like it tastes spicy, so people thought. (laughs) I don't know. Back when food was just bland, anything spicy. Exactly. Yes, it's like, whoa, fancy. (laughs) So it was like... In some places it was celebrated, like they would plant it for like fertility. But then in the Middle Ages, it was actually forbidden to grow it in Italy and especially around monasteries. They actually forbid growing arugula. Too spicy for the monks. It was too spicy for the monks. Those were the real dark ages. Yeah. Like, wow. And people still believe this today. Like I found blogs. There are a lot of people who believe you can use some arugula and it's going to spice up your life. It will spice up your life. Someone who eats a lot of arugula 
I think you might be an expert to see whether that's true. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I was thinking about it. I'm like, no, it just, it tastes really good. I mean, who knows? Who knows why I'm so into it? But yeah, that was, it was actually banned. So I thought that was a fascinating fact about arugula. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, that's the great banning of arugula. I wonder, I wonder when people got over that or I wonder if it still has that, like, yeah, very fascinating. I wonder if yeah. like monks still avoid uh, arugula in some places. They might. Yeah. But then that's also, and some people think that's why it became so popular. I think just because it spices up food, but they said that's why it became so popular in salads and in it's in a lot of sauces. Arugula is very versatile. You can use it in a lot of things, but they thought maybe that's some of the reason that people started putting it in everything. Because it was like forbidden. It was like, oh, this is like, I got yeah. good stuff here. I'm yeah. Like, oh, it's like, ooh, yeah. I got this sexy arugula. I'm going to start <laughs> hiding it in all my food. It's like fascinating. Surprised they haven't kept that marketing. It's good to keep selling the arugula, you know? Yeah. Seriously, you got to move that arugula. Yeah. So arugula... It's not native to North America, but it grows really it, it grows really easily pretty much anywhere. It's very forgiving. It grows in a lot of temperatures, a lot of soil conditions. You can grow it in pots. You can grow it in your garden. So it's kind of traveled the world at this point. You can get it anywhere. I've never I've grown tried it. To grow it. I've tried to, and my experience is it goes to bolt very fast. Oh. The times I've tried to grow it. So I don't get that many leaves. It just becomes a flower quickly, but I don't know what, maybe I'm doing something wrong, but. Um, you can eat the flowers too. Yeah, they're okay. They're really spicy actually. They're, yeah. Every part of the arugula is edible. Seeds, mm. the greens, the mm. flowers. You can eat the whole thing. No, oh, that's good to know. If you want to, but I've never grown it. Cause I'm like, there's no way I can keep up the production with <laughs> how much of it I eat. It's not like my whole yard. I don't have a yard, but if I did, my whole yard could be arugula. I could eat it all. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Maybe, maybe um, you can just like, you know, buy a farm and then you can grow your own arugula. Just I that. would someday. Yeah. I'm not good. I'm not good with growing plants, no. unfortunately. But maybe someday I'll just focus on it and I'll get good. But it's still really popular mixed in salads. I was in Italy um, somewhat recently and I discovered another thing I didn't know. I was in the island of Ischia. And it's a volcanic island. A lot of stuff grows really well there. But arugula grows there like crazy. So it's in everything. And one of the person who lives there told me that they actually make an amaro out of arugula. Oh, cool. So it's a, a, it's a liqueur. It's a digestif. And it's... I bought, I ended up buying three bottles before I tasted it just because I got very into the idea that it's like, oh, arugula liquor. This is like made for me. And it's, yeah. it's, it's very specialized to this one island where they make it. And it's, uh, it's intense. It's not yeah, so great. No. I'll say. No. <laughs> um, I, I would love to try it sometime. Yeah. I mean, uh, Amaro's are bitter, right? Like that's the yes. whole point for them. And so um, I can see that. But yeah, is it, so is it just like, arugula just like soaked in booze for a long time or yeah it's arugula i mean i have the bottle oh. right here it's got it's got oh it's in italian but water sugar alcohol arugula it's got a lot of herbs in it it tastes kind of um like cloves oh interesting can you i mean this is a podcast so that the the listeners cannot see it but can you show me the bottle a little closer oh yeah look at that yeah. that's it's called rucoli rucoli 
Nice. Yeah, this, that's cool. I think that's the brand name. Um, there was another one called Rucolino. I they sell this everywhere in Ischia. I mean, it was in all the stores. It's very readily available. I've never seen it anywhere else in Italy, so I do think it's pretty local. I don't. Other than I guess drink it straight as a digestif. It says on here you should drink it when it's cold. I don't know if you could make it into a cocktail. I'm sure you could. Yeah, you probably. I mean. If you don't like the taste like straight up, maybe like mixing it as just a bitter element in a cocktail might make it more yeah. pleasant. But that's fun. That's really cool. I've never, yeah, I've never heard of like I love a, it. Like a salad green in a in a you know liqueur like that. That's cool. Yeah. No, it's great. I met a bartender in Italy and I asked him, like, would someone make like a spritz with this? And he said, he seemed horrified. He's like, I guess you could do that. But you probably wouldn't. So we haven't yet to figure out what to make, what to make with this. Yeah. Um, so that was something that I discovered about arugula while I was in Italy, and so that's it. That is that is everything I learned about arugula. It was very exciting to research this because I didn't actually know anything about arugula before this, other than the fact that I thought it was delicious. Happily taken on a lot of your wordage. There's a lot about your language I like, America. Like arugula. Yes, please. <laughs> we call that stuff rocket. Fuck off, rocket. I want arugula. It sounds like a clown car horn. Yes, please. Arugula. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing about arugula with me. Um, uh, do you mind if I share a plant with you? I would love it. Great. So I said earlier that my plant was also salad, and it's a little bit of a lie. It's actually, it actually is 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 a salet, s a l l e t, which I'll get to in a minute. Interesting. Um, so the plant is called pokeweed. Have you ever heard of pokeweed? No. So pokeweed is a is a native plant. Its name poke comes from uh, an Algonquin word that is apparently pokon or or pukon, which was the word for it. Um, it is a very common plant. Once you see it, you'll see it everywhere in the area in Virginia where we live. Um, and it is a, a very poisonous plant, and I have been eating it every spring for the last, oh, no. <laughs> the last few years. <laughs> and and I'll get into it a little bit, but if you prepare it properly, it is no longer poisonous. So I'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay, yes, you're not dead, a, so it is a poisonous weed it. that uh, that I have been eating. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, it's really interesting. Um, it has a very big tap root, and the root is the super poisonous part. You should never eat the root at all. But every year in the spring, it sends up these, uh, you know, the the shoots that pop up. And when the shoots are young, and when the leaves are young, you can you can harvest them, and then uh, well, let me get, I have to get to my disclaimer about cooking it later. So I'm going to move on a little bit here because I want to like focus on that and make sure I'm clear about how it's prepared. But it, in one summer, it can grow very tall. It grows up to like 10 feet tall in one year, oh. like one season. And then that entire plant browns, gets brown and dies back. But all the energy gets stored in the root. And so the next year it pops up again. So it is perennial. But the plant doesn't stay above ground all year. It, it dies back completely and all the energy is stored okay. in the root. And the root gets really big over time as that plant keeps going. It has really beautiful purple berries, which are also poisonous. <laughs> um, 
even though I, I've, I've read some stuff that the berry juice is technically not poisonous. It's a seed, but it's like almost impossible to separate the two. So anyway, don't try that either. Um, but birds love it. So like in my yard, we, there's a couple places where pokeweed comes mm-hmm. up and the birds are really big fans. And so um, the berries have also been used as a dye or an ink. Um, and I have something that I read here from, there's a, there's a really great uh, resource on the internet that's called eattheweeds.com. It's run by this guy named Green Dean. And he like <laughs> talks about all these different wild plants you can eat. And one thing he, he, he has three historical notes about pokeweed, which I thought was interesting. Um, two that have to do with ink, but the first one doesn't first is James Polk was the dark horse candidate for president. And one of his per- first PR gimmicks, his supporters uh, wore poke leaves on their lapels, which, oh. is, which is cute. Um, and then apparently the constitution was written with pokeberry ink which that's interesting. Um, and then also apparently many civil war letters were just made using a bird feather and pokeberry ink. Cause if you're like out in the middle of nowhere in the civil war, how do you write a letter? That makes and sense. apparently the ink is not only like, you know, a easy ink to gather, but it's apparently very long lasting. Like these documents still exist in the ink work. So that's, I thought that was something I learned today that I didn't, I didn't know about. That's poke very before, cool. Even gone down a lot of rabbit holes about poke. Okay. So let's, let's, uh, Let's talk about eating poke. Um, Pokeweed, when you eat poke, it's it's known as poke salad, S-A-L-L-E-T. And if you Google it, you'll see that everywhere. That's what it's called. But it's not a salad. It is it is cooked greens. It's more like spinach. Okay. But for whatever reason, it's called poke salad. I re- I've read one or two places that they say that salad is an old-fashioned English word for cooked greens. But other people just say that it's a weird pronunciation of salad. And But it is cooked. You should never eat poke raw ever. That's disclaimer one. Never. You also should probably never eat it on my recommendation. That's also disclaimer. But how I eat it and how I've read it is you need to harvest only the young. I only do the leaves. They say you can also eat the shoots and okay. treat them kind of like asparagus. I haven't done that yet. I might try that. We'll see. But if you take the leaves, harvest them, wash them. And then you need to boil it in at least two, but probably three changes of water. So you boil it for like 10 to 15 minutes, dump the water out, boil it again for 10 to 15 minutes, dump the water out, and then maybe do it a third time. And then that point, all of the toxins have been removed and you can cook it like a, you know, like, like spinach. And it's very common, which I've done the two times that I've done this, or maybe three now. I do it about once a spring now, because I I gather basically all the poke from my yard and then Mm -hmm. it's gone and then... So it's like a once a year thing, uh, but you cook it in bacon grease and then cook it with bacon and maybe with some eggs. And it's, it's, it's actually really tasty. It's a really tasty plant. But it you have to be if you yeah. got to do all that work. Yeah. And it's apparently a super like um, common food in the South. Like it's like it's a cultural food that's um, you know been around for a long time. It's kind of a, a food that, you know, in times of leanness, it is mm-hmm. be, you know, what you would eat. But it also kind of became a delicacy of that. Apparently, there was um, at least two companies selling canned pokeweed for a long time and the and the last company actually just stopped in 2000 so you, like up until the year 2000 you could buy wow. like canned pokeweed um so and and that leads me to one of the best discoveries about googling about pokeweed is there is a song that is called poke salad annie and it's wow. by a guy named tony joe white a bit, later it was covered by elvis actually but it is an awesome song it's called Poke Salad Annie. It has like really great lyrics, including 
one lyric, which is poke salad, Annie, a gator got your granny chomp, <laughs> chomp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, uh, I don't have the technology to play to the song here, but definitely after this segment is over, I will, I will play part of it, but definitely go look up the poke salad, Annie by Tony Joe white. And, 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 Listen to that one, not the Elvis version. The Elvis version is not as cool as the original. But anyway, that's uh, that's Pokeweed. One more disclaimer for listeners. Don't eat it unless you really know what you're doing. Do your research. Don't listen to me. I'm just I'm just a podcaster. <laughs> so yeah, I that's would, Pokeweed. I would go ahead and say don't eat it, period. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, don't eat it. Don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is fascinating. I have never heard of it. I will go look for it and not eat it. Yeah, if you if you Google it um, and you see what it looks like, you'll see it everywhere now. Like literally, it's like so common in like any kind of like vacant lot or like on the side of the road. It's it's everywhere. Okay. And it's it's wow. really it's a really pretty plant. Like not only are the berries red, but the, when the plant gets tall and older, the the stalks are kind of bright red. So it's That's it's a really cool. beautiful plant. And and you know actually before we wrap up, it, it brings up this like concept that has come up a little bit already in root band, but probably is going to be a theme of like, what is a weed? And it is, it is treated like a weed. Like people actually don't like it. They actively try to get it out of their yards and places, but it's a, it's a native plant to the region of the country we're in, right? There's lots of things that are not weeds that are imported that take over even more so, but it's very maligned, even though it it's from here, it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's here where it, you know, it belongs and it has this great history. It has been used as a food. It, apparently there's, you know, historical documentation of medicinal use, you know, people have been eating it forever and hasn't been killed. It hasn't killed yeah. them. There's, you know, so anyway, it's just, it's just questioning what really is a weed, you know? And I think most weeds are just like plants that, we haven't understood or like that you as an individual don't really understand. And I don't know it. Yeah. I think weed is not a great word. No, just let the plants live their life. Yeah. Let them do their thing. And, and uh, I mean, you gotta, you know, sometimes control them a little bit. That's why, I mean, pokeweed is cool. Cause like when you're, you know, I don't want it to take over my entire yard, but when it's coming up, I can, I can eat it yeah, and exactly. like enjoy it. So anyway, just eat it in front of the other pokeweed and be like, this is what's going to happen if you keep growing. <laughs> yeah. But you got to like, cook it first. You got to like boil it three, yeah. two to three times. <laughs> got to make that clear. Um, <laughs> do not eat it raw. Anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's pokeweed. been down south too much i'm gonna tell you a little bit about this so that you understand what i'm talking about down there we have a plant that grows out in the woods and the fields looks something like a turnip green everybody calls it poke salad poke salad gotta love a song that has exposition you know before you sing a whole song about poke salad annie you got to make sure the audience knows what poke salad is um i really recommend listening to the song it's got great lyrics including that one about a gator uh i mentioned earlier in the interview and it has really great strategic use of grunting and also probably the best song about a leafy green in existence i don't know if you know a better one let me know uh before we end just one more disclaimer that poke weed can be quite toxic and really don't eat it unless you really know what you're doing 
My guest on today's episode of Rootbound was Jen Vinciguerra, a fancy lettuce person if I've ever met one. Jen is a budding sake expert, cat-centric Instagram haver, and has a 523-day-long streak on Duolingo. She has also been my hashtag podcast friend since way before I even had a podcast. Rootbound is hosted by Steve Ellington, that's me, music by Christian Kriegeskota, fake ads by David Lani. Rootbound is a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside, but if you can go outside, maybe buy some arugula seeds and you can grow your own sexy leafy vegetable. It's not forbidden anymore. Spring, just the right mix of dampness and warmth for your germination needs.